Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is January 7th, and I have already broken my New Year's resolution. Uh, the new <laughs> style of the podcast that I'm really excited for, we're, we're pushing it back a week. We had a little bit of a scheduling mix-up this week. Didn't end up happening. Starts next week, and maybe it's for the best, because I feel like this is the best forum to talk about this new Brian Reynolds news. Good morning, and welcome to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later, here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. Friday, I, I put some notes about Brian Reynolds and, you know, the Pirates and where everything stands, you know, in the Friday Insider. And I thought, really, that, that'll probably be the big Brian Reynolds news for the day. And then John Heyman, national reporter, dropped something that got a little more traction, I guess you could say. He had details, which we'd all been kind of searching for, of what the Pirates' offer was to Brian Reynolds. And he didn't have an exact number in his article, but he had it listed as six years, no club option, over $75 million. Over 75, the, the specification leads me to believe in just my general assumptions and very, very rough things I'd heard around the league. I, I can't imagine the offer was for that much more than 75. And the talking point that it's always been a record contract for the Pirates, I think, supports that. Hayes' eight-year, $70 million contract is the largest in franchise history. Signed earlier this year. Of course, Reynolds has to get more, but it isn't going to blow that offer out of the water. So, I want to take a little bit here, since we're all going to be comparing Reynolds' contract to Hayes. I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to talk about just, like, Reynolds' situation <laughs> And like, just bring it all out here because boy, oh boy, did that news get every gamut run here. So we're, we're just going to do this like this. The first being the actual six year, roughly $75 million, over $75 million, But for the sake of simplicity, I'm going to keep citing 75 as the actual number. Just keep in mind, Heyman reported over. I... I I am inclined to believe that it's not much significantly higher 
significantly higher than that. We're not talking like, oh, it's actually 100 or so. If it is 675, Reynolds has a contract next year for 6.75. Let's assume this contract is done the same way Hayes' eight-year was, and 2023 is actually the first year of that deal. That would probably mean that 6.75 gets boosted up to whatever, a number. Get a little more money up front. That has value. That has value. Asking around, arbitration-wise, Reynolds has two more years after this. I think, in the general impression I got, is 25 to $30 million was about what he was going to get in arbitration those two years. So... I'll use that 25 figure here. And if it's, you know, a little higher than 25, that's the over 75 part here. So uh, essentially it is three free agent years for $50 million is what this reported offer was or what it basically translates to, to Brian Reynolds. And these extensions, you're never going to get full market value. And that's important. And everybody and every team and every player and every coach and every agency knows you never get full value. Because if something were to happen to Brian Reynolds in 2023, whether it be an injury or he has a 2020 style season and just drops off, okay. That's going to hurt your potential earning there. Having that guarantee in writing, that, that is worth a lot in this business. And that's why these pre-arb contracts still exist. Whenever we still see every once in a while, like, well, man, this player's getting, you know, he's getting screwed here based off of what he did, you know, three or four years ago. But he took the guaranteed money. That's fine. But three, four, three years, $50 million for free agent years. I, I looked at some free agents here who signed for roughly that amount. I'm going to start off here with Mitch Handiger, who got three years, $43.5 million. Now, you can like him, but he, over the last three seasons, has only played 214 games. He was worth about as much war since 2020 as Reynolds was in 2022. And Mitch Haniger got just a little less than what those free agent years valued wise for Reynolds. Zach Eflin. He got about three years and roughly that amount. Like it's, it's, you can see there's a clear divide with the actually what goes through and it's not even going to be it might actually be like about 43.5 million dollars over those three years if Reynolds gets you know more money up front in 2023 so that is the hesitation why now you can say the Braves did sign Sean Murphy for basically the exact same contract and that is a fair point Counter would be Sean Murphy is not expected to be the guy in Atlanta. He is he is just another guy in that locker room. He is just another really good baseball player 
right there. And there are plenty of guys who have their contracts already set up. That plays a factor into it. You know what also plays a factor into it? How these negotiations had gone for years. The Hayes contract, I, I, I love the romanticized story, and I, I put it in Insider, like, it was a trip up Camelback Mountain between his agent and a member of the Pirates front office, Will Lawton, who had, you know, this, this big, that was where most of this ground was covered. They made a big surge right there to get this deal done. And the contract itself came together, they say, in like a, a week or so. It's like, that's not true. That contract took three damn years to put together. Three years, multiple rounds of negotiating. It was more than three rounds of negotiating, too, over those three years. Like, it was a long process. It started before Hayes was even a major leaguer. Getting him to sign a long-term deal was always a very high priority to this front office, to this ownership group. It was, as Bob Nunning said, like a stake in the ground. Like, here's a guy. And Hayes' agent told me afterwards, like, we weren't signing this deal if we thought that this was going to be the record contract going forward. They want that record to break. They want money to be spent on this team. They wouldn't have signed this contract if they didn't have, if they didn't fully believe that was going to happen. They weren't going to have, you know, Hayes just stick around and be the guy, you know, a, a face of a team that's going to be forever in the bottom two or three of payroll and perpetually bad. That's not why he signed. If he really thought that, he wouldn't have. Reynolds, there are negotiations this year. There weren't long-term, long-term contract negotiations after his All-Star year. There were a bunch of negotiations or at least multiple offers after the 2020 season, whenever he struggled and it was buying low. And it's, you can't fault a team for that, but you also can't, whenever you try to get the guy then, but not after the big year. And yes, that 2021 off season was absolutely messed up. It was absolutely messed up because of the lockout and no one could get into a real rhythm or anything, but that area of time of whenever there was going to be some sort of negotiations, nothing came together. And there still was something to get the Hayes contract done, and they never gave him a long-term offer. The only multi-year offer was the one he accepted to avoid arbitration. There's stuff like that that adds to this story, where this isn't just six... 75. This whole thing has been a bad look for the organization. That this is someone that they had publicly said, like, look, we're not actually interested in trading him. We're getting more calls. The number of calls we receive and the number of times he shows up, you know, on Twitter and MLB trade rumors is not reflective of how we want to trade him. But their best player, someone who they really want to circle as one of the guys who can be a leader in that clubhouse says, okay, 
contract negotiation didn't go well, I think it's time to trade. I'm, I'm requesting a trade. It's unfortunate. It's not a good look for anything. Heyman also cites uh, Matt Olson's eight-year, $168 million deal is what Reynolds camp initially asked for. Maybe the 675 is also an earlier offer from the Pirates. Just to play devil's advocate here. Just to throw that out there. It's, it is... Every time some news comes out like this, the Pirates haven't looked particularly... It, it, you you can see the the it, the reaction people have on on Twitter on social media. It has not been favorable to the organization, and I think a lot of people recognize why Reynolds is frustrated, even if it wasn't for the money. He's got three years of team control remaining. His first four years, they finish and last every year. This team is getting the number one pick again in the next year's draft you earn that you earn that you earn lottery spots and not for doing something well and yeah this team looks like they are trying to make a a a conscious effort to improve in 2023 and there are a lot of kids who are going to be coming up this year and there is a lot of this is what's you know, we've been building for, and we want someone like Brian Reynolds here. But if you're also Brian Reynolds, I, I put it on the Friday Insider. Timeline is a big deal with this. Because if he's, if you don't win this year, then he's got two years of team control, which is whenever Tyon was traded, and Musgrove was traded, and Josh Bell was traded, and Marte was traded. And yes, it, it was a different point of the Pirates rebuild, what they've been building. They're in a different stage right now, but there's also precedent. And if you don't win in 2024, well, I I just don't see any way Brian Reynolds leaves for nothing after playing out the 2025 season. I think everyone kind of knows or expects this marriage to end in one way, and that's a trade. And it might not be today or tomorrow or this month or this offseason. Or this trade deadline. Or maybe even next offseason. But just like at some point, it's one of those... There's writing on the wall. And at some point, this is how it's going to wind up unless they could come together with a contract negotiation. Which I don't think there's a whole lot of optimism for at the moment. There's... Never say never, but never for this offseason. And things can change. Things can change, you know, over the course of an offseason or over the course of a season. Maybe, you know, (laughs) that's all hypothetical that, you know, maybe things change over the course of a season. And, you know, time heals and it's like, okay, actually, don't train me. Let's sit down. Let's Let's earnestly negotiate here. But yeah, if the offer really is, as reported by John Heyman, six years for over 75 and probably not that high over 75, there's precedent of why that's maybe an offer from the Pirates side. You could also see what's going on this offseason. 
and being like, yeah, I, I, I can see why on Reynolds camp that's not a very attractive offer. And whenever you're in a position like this, <laughs> if it's not an attractive offer, what what is the really what's really the point of it all? We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back here in a couple minutes. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later, where we're done talking about Brian Reynolds. Probably for a while. We're, we're done with that for the time being, so we're going to instead talk about the kids. During the winter meetings, I, I made a couple trips, you could say, to Altoona, one to Indianapolis, one to Bradenton. I, I got to check out a good chunk of Pirates farm system last year. I was asked, like, who, who you know, really stuck out and of course the answer has to be Endy but the other guy for me someone who I saw who I wrote about was Colin Selby who was had his contract selected this offseason right-handed reliever upper 90 stuff ton of spin on the breaking pitches I, I like the overall package I think he's someone who this year is going to maybe be an up and down reliever but there's going to be some sort of like head turning moment like, okay, right, there's something. If not him, I'm going to rattle off here. My, my power rankings, power rankings of the top three non-Nendy non Rodriguez players I am looking forward to covering in the major leagues in 2023. Three is Mike Burroughs who I, if you've been following this site for a while, if you've been following my reporting for a while, you know I, I've been high on this kid for a minute. A ton of spin. Has this change up now where he can kill the spin. He can place it where he wants to. It's something that, he, it's not just something that he throws against left-handers. He's confident in it. He throws it to righties. It's a true three-pitch mix. I think he's someone that we're going to... Maybe isn't as sexy a pitching prospect as uh, Luis Ortiz or have years of buildup in the same way with like Quinn Priester. But I think a lot of people are going to see like, okay, this guy, he is a real major league pitcher, whatever he comes up. The second is Luis Ortiz, who we got a taste of last year. But man, that was that was one of those things that I made a trip to Altoona last year in June, June or so. And I, I, I remember putting this insiders in insider. If anyone wants to like dig through the June insiders, see what's, you know, really going on then. And I, I, I was kind of like, put, like, Hey, have you been watching Luis Ortiz? And I admit I hadn't at that point. Like, like this, this guy is the best pitcher here, which, I don't know if you followed Altoona. There were some really important pitching prospects there. There were some really good players there. And to hear that, it's like, okay. And then he gets called up for September. And yeah, he's raw. It's only two pitches right now. He needs that changeup. But oh man, those two pitches. This guy has 
stuff with a capital S. He's someone that whenever the Pirates bring in someone like Rich Hill, who, you know, was very open talking to the media in his introduction about, you know, the art of pitching and not just relying on stuff, not just being a thrower, learning how to use. If he could be one of those mentors to go along with, you know, like what Oscar Marine does and a couple other people like that's, I think that's going to be, if, if he learns to be more of a pitcher instead of just a thrower, he could be really special. But as a pure thrower, I, I still think this guy is high, very high. And one in my very abbreviated power rankings here. And it's the, the low hanging fruit. It's, it's Henry Davis. This is the non-Endy division, of course. But I think Henry might have been a little overlooked this year. And some of that was the injury, you know, and missing time. And some of that was Andy Rodriguez, you know, coming through. But the guy can hit. He is as pure a right-handed hitter as we have seen in this organization in some time. In some time. And maybe he's not... Maybe, you know, Andy usurps him as catcher. Right now, Pirates are very open. Like, they're, they're both catchers in our eyes. And maybe something... Maybe he sticks a catcher. Maybe he doesn't. I, I don't know what his future holds there. I The one thing I can say confidently is this guy is going to hit. And I've said it on this podcast before, you know, long past. Like, I, I don't know if he'll be the best player on the Pirates. But I'm convinced this is the type of guy who's going to be like a team captain. Or a leader, like if not officially listed as a captain or something like just like you're going to recognize that this is the type of guy who he pushes guys here. He pushes them to be better. I think that's a very. I think people are sleeping on him a little bit because of this past year, ignoring that he was the number one overall draft pick in 2021. I'm I'm very high on him. I think this is going to be a very interesting year with those kids coming up. And that's that's so obviously going to be the theme for this next season is these kids coming up. This is what's been what they've been building to and towards for years and instead of picking up 19-year-olds in trades, this is finally starting to reap a little bit of of what you have been planting. It's going to be an interesting year for these prospects. It's been a while since we've done a pure prospect one, and this is just a very brief overlook here. We're going to take a break here. We'll say our goodbyes here after this. So like I said at the beginning of the show, I I broke my new show resolution. Sorry. Hopefully you got something out of this one. Still, we're going to have some fun conversations over the next couple weeks. It is... Some stuff comes up and, you know, we'll have to... 
I guess I've learned I'm going to have to start banking a few of these just to be safe. <laughs> Can't always just go week to week. But yeah, 0 for 1 for the year. That's not the best way to go. I balked a wild pitch. A, a, no, it's a pass ball. It's a pass ball. Not a wild pitch. Wild pitch, it's the other guy's fault. It's this one's like, yeah, that's on me. That's on me. So hopefully this was still a good episode. I, I'm looking forward to what comes out next week. Be sure to tune in for that and be sure to follow wherever we get fine podcasts. You'll find this one here for some reason as well. They they really don't check at the door, you know, <laughs> how serious it is. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week. Bye.